Welcome to the Make a Baby Podcast. I'm Carolina Sotomayor, your podcast host and Reiki womb healer. I believe that healing is not meant to be done alone, nor should it be. Over the past seven years, I have helped over 90 babies enter the world through the power of Reiki. We explore stories of fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum healing with a sprinkle of spirituality. We also dive into taboo topics, including trauma and pregnancy loss. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Make a Baby podcast. I am Carolina Sotomayor, your Reiki womb healer and podcast host. Before we jump in, I just want to give you a shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you for helping us reach globally top 5%. I would love for you to take a moment and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We appreciate all of your support and we love hearing from you. Today, we're talking about a very important topic that affects every woman And we have a very special guest, and I can't wait to discuss all these things. Today, we are talking about want pain-free periods. Listen up. And we have a special guest. Hi, Laura. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us where you are in the world? Hi. Thank you so much for having me here today. So I'm Laura Pizzetti. And I'm a nutritional therapist and a naturopath, and I specialize in women's health. I have a special focus on the menstrual cycle. So I help women that struggle with period pain and PMS, irregularities or missing periods. I really want them to finally love their period. So and finally get in tune with their feminine body and do everything they love because we shouldn't be held back by our period really and are you my soul sister you're saying everything (laughs) I live for yeah (laughs) that's great and yeah it's just I feel like women should really feel in tune with their body more than we actually are yeah where are you located in the world I always ask where are you residing in the world so I am based in London in UK but I see clients all over the world online. You are a global mogul. Yes. I love that for us. (laughs) Okay. So let's dive in. What pain-free periods? I think this concept of like your period shouldn't hurt is not well known. And I didn't always know this. I do now. And a lot of my education has come from this podcast by having experts like yourself come on. And two months ago, so this cycle and the last cycle were pain-free. But that had never happened to me before in my life. And so basically, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And I was like, wait a minute, I have my period and I'm <laughs> not in bed cramping. Should your period hurt? Can you explain that? So short answer is no, uh, they shouldn't hurt and they shouldn't be painful. They shouldn't stop you from doing things in your life. They shouldn't you know, stop you to do things that you love. They shouldn't take out a time off from work or things like that. It can be light crampings or aches, but it shouldn't need a pain medication for it, if it makes sense. So they should come, your period shouldn't make you feel sick, stuck in bed, basically, or canceling personal events because of it. Can I ask you a question? Yes. This is very personal and vulnerable and people are like, whatever. So I always like with my family members and our periods are pretty stinky though we don't live together, but we talk so much. So I'm like, do you have your period poop? She goes, I have my period poops. I was like, oh, it must be genetic. 
what are period poops? Because when I talk to other women, poop is different when you're on your period. Why is that? Is that normal? So that's interesting because I was going to talk about it uh, after. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's connected also with the pain. So it's when we have period poop, so that means the loose stool or diarrhea is because we have these increased prostaglandins, which are hormone-like substances. And these are making contraction in the uterine lining to sort of excrete that the uterine lining so you have your period. So it's shedding. It's helping to shut your uterine lining. And that's also because it has this function to contract muscle that is also contracting the nearby muscle in the intestine. That can cause having some more contraction in the intestine. And then that's when you have loose stool. So that it will connect it. So usually when you have a painful period, you also have a period poop. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a yeah. way to stop period poops? They're super not. Yes. Um, so it's connected with the pain. So we can reduce prostaglandins. So these are these hormone-like substances that creates the pain. And so basically uh, that uh, goes to why, what is causing period pain in terms of the, these high level of prostaglandins and that causes the uterus to contract. And when we have two types of prostaglandins, one is anti-inflammatory and one is pro-inflammatory. So everything is about inflammation. And we do need them in both in the right amount because we do need them to release that and shed the uterine lining. But the more you have these pro-inflammatory prostaglandins, the more you have, the more painful your period would be because there is more inflammation going on. And also you would have more loose stool. So that thing is always, I like to ask, why do we have the pain? So the pain is because there is inflammation in there. And so when we resolve the inflammation, we can also resolve the pain and resolve their period poop too yeah if it makes sense (laughs) so then why do we have the inflammation where does the inflammation come from so inflammation can come from different things it can be from poor diet from stress so some diet choice that we have i can go through now after in the next and but also stress is a big one and i think we live in a very bizarre modern time isn't it isn't like the wild (laughs) time to be alive yes and Um, i would like to say like our stress so cortisol is our stress hormones and cortisol and insulin so the insulin is the the hormone that balance blood sugar how all of these are connected to our sex hormones so all hormones are connected to each other it's like a cascade and when one hormone is out of balance then all other follows and I want to really enlighten this for the stress response because you think about the hunter-gatherer people when they were just uh, very calmly picking up some berries and then suddenly a lion comes out, right? And then that cortisol is kicking in and it's kicking in the glucose as well, so the sugar, to put that sugar into energy to run for their life. So 
when they save, that cortisol response is down, getting down, and they're safe and they're fine. But what happened? So cortisol actually saves your life. But what happened in this day, because it's got such a bad rap, it's because our lion that come, they were coming once a year or twice a year. Now they are uh, our 24-7 lions, like the 24-7 bombardment of news and social media, email, the mortgage that we have to pay, the family and the relationship and the light pollution. Yeah, traffic jam, absolutely. Yeah. When I used to live in a large city, when I used to live in Miami, traffic would give me panic attacks on the daily. Yeah, you know, that. so traffic and the light pollution, noise pollution as well. Mm. We don't realize how much this impacts our stress. And so when our stress is, when we have high level of stress, then our hormones as well are impacted. Yeah. So what are the three most important things for women to reduce stress or eliminate pain from their period? I know you talked about stress. Yeah. How would we go about what are the three most important things? So firstly, because we talk about that inflammation, I think we should start lowering that inflammation. And so reducing that pro-inflammatory prostaglandin and one thing, because the Western diet is, you know, is high in... I'm drinking such a sugary coffee. (laughs) No, I would say more like reaching omega-6 fatty acid and and low in anti-inflammatory omega-3. So no, you shouldn't. You enjoy it. Enjoy it. Epitome of the Western woman, like wow. Did American have for breakfast a sugary coffee? <laughs> and some cereal. <laughs> I haven't even eaten yet. It's like I know I'm eating my alcohol. It's like I'm drinking. Coffee. Yeah, that that would be one of them. Never drink coffee at empty stomachs, <laughs> which I do daily. My, my face hurts. My cheeks hurt. Keep going. Yeah. I'm guilty chart. <laughs> So, well, to support that reducing inflammation, so the omega-6 fatty acid, they are very rich in this Western diet, but in putting some omega-3 in there, they are very anti-inflammatory. So these are foods like oily fish, like salmon, sardine, herrings, mackerel. These are very high in omega-3 and they are very anti-inflammatory. Does it matter if it's farm-raised or wild? absolutely matters yeah so it's got to be yeah it has to be wild so we always uh, go into the quality of the food it's really important for the nutritional value and there are other form that uh, the highest form that can be vegan form is seaweed as well so we can introduce some seaweed into the diet that's quite a good introduction as well for vegan There are also other foods like anti-inflammatory food, like ginger, garlic, turmeric, rosemary, that are very powerful to reduce inflammation and that can be added daily to the diet. How would one consume Uh, that? Would that be like in capsules or just adding those spices to your food? Or I once went to this really cool modern coffee shop that had a turmeric oat milk drink. And it was anti-inflammatory beverage, but it was like, it was all turmeric and cinnamon. And my husband loved it. 
I didn't. But is it something like that? Or what dosage do you know is appropriate? Does it work with a person like you? Or how does one figure out like what is enough to do something like sprinkling a little cinnamon on your toes or something like that or on your sweet potatoes or whatever it is that you're doing? How do you know it is enough for it to have a large impact? So with food, have enough impact. So it's extremely helpful. I always say, let's start with food first, because if you don't... So Sorry to interrupt you. That's fine. For a person that knows nothing, but they know that they have fertility issues and they know it's rooted in their period pain, or they just like, okay, so we always assume and are always told healthy periods make healthy babies. So we have to start with, do you have a period and is your period painful when you get it? So let's start there. So, but like when you're introducing turmeric or garlic, how do you know how much to use in your diet for it to have an impact on your period? Like, how do you know the dosage of that? Do you use a teaspoon, a quarter of a teaspoon? How does one go about figuring that out? So I normally suggest one teaspoon of turmeric a day. Okay. That should be enough. And then a ginger as well, about, you know, if America, centimeter. So one to two centimeter. It's maybe one inch, I would say. Think. Do you just eat it? Yes, you can grate it. You can put it into food, like a shot, turmeric ginger shot. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. So you can take a well. Yeah. With the yeah. turmeric, is the, I've seen turmeric most commonly in like powder form. What is the most appropriate form of turmeric to be consumed for it to have an impact on you? Either way, it doesn't, you know, either powder or fresh as well. It's the same. It's just how it works well for the person because it's also make it easier for them. If it's, you know, it's quite difficult because it's stained when it's fresh, then, you know, some people just, yeah, they are a bit put off with that. So it works even in powder. Garlic, I would say, no, garlic, it's better fresh and crushed. And because the enzyme need to work on the properties, on the medicinal property, it needs to wait 10 minutes before being used. So it needs to rest. So minced rest for 10 minutes with the the garlic. And it shouldn't be cooked as well at high temperature because it's reduced the powerful properties. So it should be eaten raw. Or if you are like adding it to vegetables, you can just put it at the very end, basically without cooking. Gotcha. I have a question about meat. Can red meat cause inflammatory consequences? It depends on the quality. So grass-fed meat is actually a really great source of omega-3, the one we were just talking about. So actually it's amazing things to add and it's really healthy for the menstrual cycle and for period. So I would add it if it's a grass-fed meat. So if it's grain-fed, then it is inflammatory, absolutely. So the quality, uh, we always there with the quality is very crucial. Okay. I'm sorry. I have made you go on tangent. So let's recap what the three most important things a woman can do to reduce pain. Number one was what? So the number one is to add anti-inflammatory food like omega-3 rich food. So oily fish or turmeric, ginger and garlic. And I don't like the approach so much of removing. I would like women to know more on uh, seed, the seed, how what we can add rather than what we can remove. In this case, I would want to say we need to remove vegetable oils. So vegetable oils are very inflammatory and a major cause of period pain. 
So Which yeah. Do you suggest to use? So they want to remove. I want to make sure everyone understands this first. The vegetable oil is the sunflower oil or canola oil, this kind of oil. And the one that we should use is a cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil or cold-pressed coconut oil or grass-fed butter as, you know, a fat, basically. Uh, the butter can be replacement for all so, the oil? Yeah, so it can be used, you know, one day we can use olive oil, one other day it can be used uh, grass-fed butter. It's just... We yeah. have kind of complications in our house. We have my son who's deathly allergic to coconut, and we're also both dairy intolerant, uh, like lactose intolerant. So okay. we do a fine line between how much we can tolerate between the dairy and we always do yeah. the, the olive oil. So, and what is the third thing? So, I really suggest to balancing blood sugar level because, as well, that as I said earlier. Yeah, as I said, like all hormones are connected to each other. So I always focus on having meals that are rich in protein, healthy fat and fiber. And especially for breakfast, because breakfast is what is creating all the blood sugar response throughout the day. And I like to start slowly with my clients as well, because I understand that habits don't just change overnight and it's sometimes difficult. And so, okay, let's just get the breakfast right and then we can move on to the other meals. And so I suggest always to have a protein source, a fat source and fiber. The protein that can be, like we said, grass-fed meat and organic poultry, uh, organic eggs, wild fish and seafood, uh, organic beans and lentil and other fats like healthy fats, so avocado, olives, nuts and seeds, grass-fed butter, olive oil, coconut oil. But also, like you mentioned about lactose intolerance, so sometimes the geese as well, is it can be more tolerated because oh. they remove that ghee. ghee. Yeah. I have actually never eaten it. I have a friend. What exactly is ghee? So is uh, they clarified butter, so they remove that part. So there is no lactose. Oh, I'm going to have to try it. I'm going to get it. Yeah. And what do you wish for women to know about their menstrual health? So I don't know about you, but my menstrual health education was an epic fail in secondary oh, no, school. No. There was no, yeah. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, it's just that I had no knowledge on the menstrual cycle and no knowledge on my period, on my feminine body. And I was left a little bit traumatized almost <laughs> because, you know, there was nothing. So I think it's crazy because we spend 35 to 40 years with our periods. And I think that women should know more about it you know they should know more about their body and so I would like to tell them a little bit that first like you said you mentioned earlier the menstrual cycle and fertility are really tied together sometimes I get women say I want to have painless period but I don't want to get pregnant or I don't want to enhance my fertility but it doesn't work like that they are together so a healthy cycle is a cycle that could get you pregnant if you want to so it's allowing you to get pregnant if you want to and that's very important to understand so i would like 
to tell them more about how a period should be like. So they maybe can look more into what to look for and okay. what to look out for. So the length of the menstrual cycle that it used to be like a, the perfect menstrual health, the perfect menstrual length would be 28 days. It's not really true. It's between 25 to 35 days. So this is optimal for hormonal health and fertility, but it fluctuates by two to three days depending on you. So what I mean is the consistency of the individual cycle. So is it for me is 25 days, so it should fluctuate around there. So 25, 26, 27, right? So I know that if it's longer than that, so if it comes to 30, for me, it's not my normal and then I should ask myself some questions like, okay, so why did I have this long cycle? Why did I have a shorter cycle? And you can have some clue with that. So the consistency of the individual, that is what's important. So shorter cycle should be, should tend to be for women who have low progesterone. So, and maybe a delayed, who has longer cycle is who indicate a delayed ovulation. So it's usually seen in PCOS. A lot of listeners have PCOS. It's a number yeah. one thing that I see. Women yeah. who I support for the emotional side of that. Yeah, probably like 80% of the women I work with have PCOS. Yeah, absolutely. Very common. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything else about how a regular period should look like? Is yeah, there- so a period should range around three to seven days, the length of the actual period. But normally, like four to five days, it should be ideal. Definitely longer than seven days is a sign of estrogen dominance. So there is an imbalance in our hormone. So we have more estrogen and less progesterone. And the, the blood as well, it shouldn't be too much. So around 60 ml per period. That should be more or less around like each soaked pad or tampon is 5 ml. So a half soaked is two and a half. So we never get to the point that it's a fully full soaked pad before we change it. So around half soak is 2.5 ml. So it should be around six to 10 pads in a period, yeah, in each period. Some information, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So you mentioned something that's really important. You said a pad should be half filled and that's 0.5 ml. What? Is that a length of time attached to that? Or because that can vary depending on your flow. There are things that are heavier than others. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So the first days you might change a bit more in the first three days and that's fine. But yeah, I think that in the length of the period, so around six to 10 pads in throughout the whole period, basically. Got it. Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? with you to let them know how much they love this episode and their huge takeaways from this where can they find you on social so i am on instagram my name is the symphony of health and also on my website i offer a free 30 minutes call a menstrual health review yeah and i also have a free ebook that is a menu plan for specifically i designed for free period pain a menu plan I have to link that in the show notes. So if you're listening, you have to get Laura's free menu plan ebook and we'll put that in the show notes. And we're so excited to have you. 
for our listeners, I want you to make sure that since you have your phone open, I want you to go to the first line in the show notes. And I would like you to leave us a voice note up to 90 seconds about what you loved about this episode. And don't forget to follow Laura on Instagram and let us know what you want in an upcoming episode. Also, I invite you to enjoy the Reiki Baby Movement. I will be sending you Reiki guided meditation to connect to your spirit baby now, an invitation to join our free Facebook community, and three days free inside the Make a Baby membership. I know you're going to love it inside the membership so much you won't want to leave, but if you don't, that's okay. It's three days on me. And when you join, you get a free 10-minute call with me. And until next time, my friends, let the Reiki flow. Frustrated being told you are fine by your doctor, exhausted from negative pregnancy tests every month, wanting a deeper connection on your fertility journey with your spirit baby? The Make a Baby membership is exactly what you need. Using Reiki will help you connect to your spirit baby, heal the trapped emotions blocking fertility, and support you in our life-changing community. With over 90 Reiki babies, we invite you to try the Make a Baby membership for free. Check it out in the show notes. Let's get you pregnant.